What's up, bitches? Welcome to episode number six of Let's Be Serial. I'm your host, the bitch herself, Bella. And my bird, Ryu, is in the room. Ryu, can you say any words for the people? Uh-huh. Yep. So, he's being really needy right now and needs to be with me because he keeps making the fire alarm sound and he's pissing my dog off. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's going to be a menace on our episode today. We do have another special guest, me, Ryu, and another special guest. So, stay tuned towards the end. And without further ado, let's talk about some of today's topics. So, when I was in the beginning of my recovery, one of the top things in my Google search history every single fucking day was probably binge eating versus extreme hunger. It was so fucking exhausting this cycle of when I was experiencing extreme hunger. I started recovery in June and I started having extreme hunger in October. And then it lasted probably all the way to end of December. I kind of stopped almost about the time that I was weight restored by my doctors. Let's think of this. You are financially struggling. You have a bunch of bills to pay. So many fucking bills on your fucking desk. They are piling one on top of the fucking other. These bills are going up so fucking high on this table. And you have no money to pay it. You have no fucking money to pay it. You have millions of bills at this point. You have so much money that you owe people in bills. Then, boom. You fucking win the lottery. You win the fucking lottery. You win millions and billions and whatever the fuck of dollars, okay? You're probably going to be like, oh my God, I need to spend the money and pay off these bills while I have the money. So you're going to start paying the bills left and fucking right. You're going to pay those fucking bills until you have little to no bills left on that desk. I hope this analogy is making sense. That's what extreme hunger is in eating disorder recovery. When you are struggling with an eating disorder, your body is in extreme debt. You have damaged your organs and your body has been unable to upkeep the maintenance of your organs, your heart, your body. Do you have a basal metabolic rate? That is the amount of energy that your body requires if it was literally bedridden to make your lungs breathe, your heart beat, and for your brain, your body to do magnificent things like clean out dead cells, fight off infections, and things of that sort. When your body is in an energy deficit, it doesn't have the energy to keep all that upkeep happening. Your body is so confused and it's going to say, okay, I need to stop strengthening her bones. I need to stop regulating her blood. I need to slow down her heartbeat. I don't have the energy to keep up with this. I need to maintain this energy. I need to reserve it because I'm not getting that much. I'm going to go into famine mode to try and save her, to keep her in survival. When I was sick, besides the fact of weight loss, there were so many other physical symptoms that happened. I had osteopenia, which is basically like the decay of your bones. It's right below osteoporosis. I had lanugo all over my fucking body, which is like fuzzy, like baby hair. It's an instinctual thing. You're born with lanugo. 
And it's like an instinctual thing that your body produces to keep you warm because it thinks that there's a famine. You're cold. Your body temperature drops. I had bradycardia. I had so many fucking cavities. I had like seven cavities at one point when I was sick. I brushed my teeth every day. I flossed every day. It was just my bones were just a mess. My hair was falling out. My nails were super brittle. My eyesight was fucked beyond belief. My stomach was always in pain. My I never took a shit. I was never able to poop, which was always really uncomfortable. My skin was yellowish because of my kidneys. Like there was problem upon problem physically. I could go sit here for hours about what was wrong with me. And when I was in recovery, those problems still persisted. And looking back, I know those problems were still persisting. My body, when I started eating adequately, my body wasn't going to be like, oh, we'll just get back to normal now. No, my body was like, fuck this. I need to make sure she's not going to do this again. I'm going to stay exactly where I am right now. When you're going through extreme hunger, this is your body finally being like, okay, she's eating. I have to get as much food as I can because there might be a famine right around the corner. Think about it instinctually. We have these survival instincts that we can't just turn off. And no matter how much time goes by on this planet, we still have these instincts that cavemen have. Like centuries ago, no matter how much the human species evolves, we still have these instinctual famine responses that we've seen throughout human history such as like with the cavemen we've seen this with ancient greeks we've seen this with the french revolution read about it it's actually fairly interesting or i'm just a fucking dork think about it this way you're so fucking hungry you haven't eaten in two weeks you're lost in the desert there's no food there's no water around you're just lost in the middle of the fucking desert and then one day this carriage rolls in and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? And this guy pops out. He's like, yo, I'm the motherfucking king. Get get in. Let's go feed you. And you're like, say less. So you hop in this fucking carriage. You go to the king's palace. And he has a fucking endless buffet waiting for you. Think Golden Corral. Think Golden Corral times four. And the king is like, eat whatever your heart desires. You're probably going to eat so fucking much. Because when your body is in a state of famine, it shuts down the physical hunger signals. Your body is like, mm, I have the energy to do any of that. There's no way I'm going to send precious energy to her brain to tell her to produce these hunger pangs and physical hunger signals just so she can fucking ignore him. That's such a waste of energy. So you're going to instead think because thinking about hunger takes less energy than physical hunger, the grumbling and the pangs in your stomach. When we're in these periods of extreme hunger, we oftentimes think of food. We watch people eat on YouTube videos, which is a whole other topic. When I started to deal with extreme hunger, it happened very quickly. One day, I woke up with a very good mindset and I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to eat whatever I want. Fuck this eating disorder. I'm over this. And I ate things I was craving. It was just one of those days in recovery where you just feel very powerful. And it was Probably like mid-October, I'd started in June. I can talk about some of these extreme hunger episodes. I'm here to tell you because I wish someone was there to tell me. You are not binge eating. You are not fucking binge eating. But we'll get into that. During this extreme hunger phase, I had 
my mom made me breakfast. It was a blueberry bagel with cream cheese, three eggs. I think there was some fruit or something on there too. There was some vegan cheese and I was so fucking hungry after this breakfast. So fucking hungry. I ate an entire brand new, opened the bag that day, finished it in one sitting, family-sized box of Captain Crunch with the berries. Delicious. I was still hungry after, so I had Count Chocula, and the only reason why I stopped eating is because I had to go to a doctor's appointment. I have no idea how I did that, but I was fucking hungry. And when I say I was fucking hungry, like I said, it doesn't mean that I had those physical hunger pangs. I was hungry, meaning I couldn't stop thinking about the food. I was finishing that bowl of cereal thinking about how much I was going to pour in the next bowl. I was fucking hungry, and that was my body's way of telling me I needed to eat more. I never felt full during these episodes. When I was having that particular episode, when I ate the entire box of Captain Crunch and Count Chocula and the full breakfast, I was not fucking hungry physically. I was not physically full during this. I did not feel full whatsoever. It just felt like I was a bottomless pit. That is the way I can put it. I was very conscious during this. I was feeling the bites of everything and I was enjoying every single bite I took. And every single time I had a day of extreme hunger, I I would fucking be totally aware, totally cognizant. I was just hungry. Between the bowls, I would pause and say, okay, I'm thankful for this food. I'm thankful that my body might not be physically telling me I need this food, but my body is telling me I need this food by sending me these signals to eat more mentally. Let's put this into two contexts. And when I talk about binge eating, I want to first premise saying that binge eating is not anything you should feel ashamed of. Binge eating is another form of eating disorder. However, my experience with an eating disorder has been relative to anorexia and a restrictive eating disorder. That's just how I'm gathering this information. If you struggle with binge eating, you deserve recovery the same way anyone else does. I feel like there's a stigma surrounding binge eating that it's not as much of an eating disorder as anorexia or bulimia, and that's fucking bullshit. I'm so sorry that has been bred into society. That's my piece. From my understanding and what my doctors have told me and my own research from my 10,000 Google searches a day during extreme hunger, binge eating is far different. Binge eating feels like an out-of-body experience. And like I said, I've never had a real binge episode myself, but it's like an out-of-body experience where you kind of just black out and go unconscious. You're eating anything. You could be eating old food. You could be eating expired food. You're eating shit out of the trash. You're eating foods you don't even like. I've heard stories of some people eating foods they're allergic to because it's food. That is not what extreme hunger is. You, When you're binging, you eat to the point where you are literally about to throw up. You are sick. Your body is full. Your body is telling you, I'm fucking full. I'm physically fucking full. Don't feed me anymore. And you continue to eat more. Your brain is telling you to eat more. Binge eating usually happens as an emotional response. When you're stressed out, sad, you are going to then turn to binge eating. Whereas with a restrictive eating disorder and extreme hunger, it is your body trying to compensate for the energy it has lost during a duration of time. The difference between this is that you are physically full. 
It is an out-of-body experience. You are eating foods you don't even like. And one of the most helpful things that I would tell myself during an extreme hunger episode where my brain was like, you're binge eating, you're binge eating. I read this quote. It was that you cannot binge eat in recovery from a restrictive eating disorder. It is always going to be extreme hunger. And that was very helpful for me. I also want to add that extreme hunger was very hard for me at first. After a while, I found peace with it. But in the beginning, I was like, holy shit, I hate this. I'm eating so much food. I'm really mentally exhausted from this. I'm physically exhausted. I'm spending so much fucking money on food. I'm spending so much time eating food. My brain will not stop thinking about food. I'm fucking exhausted. I would tell my sisters, my friends, I'm craving this. I want to go get this. And at first they're like, yeah, let's go get it. Buckle up. Let's go get in the car. But after three weeks of this, they're like, Bella, just find something else. I'm like, you don't understand. I'm craving, craving poutine right now. You need to help me get poutine. And they're like, Bella, the nearest vegan poutine is like 50 minutes away. You're going to have to sit the fuck down. Whereas at first they were like, let's go. Hop in, Belle. And then I'm like, how do I make it stop? I was taking in so much fucking water. And if I was having extreme hunger and I'm like, oh my God, you know what sounds good right now? A loaf of fucking Italian bread with butter on it. That sounds so good. But then my eating disorder was like, "Mm -hmm. you remember your extreme hunger episode yesterday? Yeah, we're not going to eat a loaf of bread today. That's not going to happen. You're going to eat a bunch of fruit and veggies. That'll keep you satisfied. That'll, That'll help the extreme hunger. It'll make it go away. That won't make it go away. It really won't. It's actually going to make it worse. And that's something I wish I knew in the beginning. The only thing that will make extreme hunger stop is acknowledging what you are craving and eating until you are mentally and physically satisfied. However, you may never feel physically satisfied. I was never physically satisfied. And that's totally fine. Even to this day, it takes so much for me to get physically full. I'm a fucking machine when it comes to food. And I'm pretty far into my recovery journey. And I still believe that my eating disorder speaks to me. And I'm here thinking, I think that this is a lot of food that I'm consuming right now. But the average person doesn't. That's the thing. If you think that you're eating a lot of food in recovery, the odds are that you're really not eating that much. Your brain is going to twist it and tell you that you are eating so much fucking food and you're binging and you're eating so much more than everyone else but honestly you probably aren't and you have to keep that in mind so like i saw this tiktok it was like do you really binge eat or is your eating disorder brain telling you it's too much think about if you're eating a very not nutritionally dense breakfast and you're still hungry after so you eat another thing that's low calorie and not nutritionally dense and then you're still hungry So you just say, fuck it, I'm going to have something more substantial. And you have a normal sized calorie breakfast. And you're like, oh my God, I binge. Think about the level in your head. You probably didn't eat that fucking much as your eating disorder is telling you you did. Got it? Okay, we're going to pivot here before going to our next topic. I just want to give a special shout out to No Cow. If you are familiar with my TikTok, you will know that I literally love NoCal. 
I'm allergic to dairy. A high protein dairy free bar was very difficult for me to find. I fell in love with no cow. I literally fell in love with them. During my extreme hunger phases, I would literally eat like three to four a day. It was incredible. And recently, they dropped some protein powders. And let me tell you, let me tell you, I have tried pretty much every single vegan protein powder you can think of. And I love these protein powders. The no cow protein powders are literally so fucking good. And they don't have that protein powder texture and taste, which I really appreciate. As of today, January 6th, NoCow is having a fucking amazing deal. They're going with 70% off all protein powder subscriptions. All you got to do is use their code BESTDEAL2023 on their website. You are paying $11.99 for two pounds of protein powder. Sometimes I'm out here paying $40 for a pound and a half of protein powder. So this is literally an amazing deal. And I'm not just saying this because I am a proud affiliate with NoCow. I wouldn't tell you this if I didn't like their stuff. This protein powder is literally a staple of my day-to-day life at this point. I, I love making protein shakes with espresso in it. Ugh, It's like a latte meets a protein shake best of both worlds. So if you're interested, please check out their website, nocow, N-O-C-O-W.com. Get one of their protein powders. They come in chocolate and vanilla. And when you sign up for their subscription, it's going to be $11.99 using the code BESTDEAL2023. And again, hope you try it. Hope you love it like I do. Let's segue into our next segment. All right, next. I have a special guest. I asked on my Instagram if anyone would want to hear my boyfriend on the podcast give his two cents on what it's like to have a partner in recovery. So you guys gave me a nice influx of questions. Say hello. Hello. Okay. Ariel wants to know, what did you first think when Bella told you about her eating disorder? Um, I thought she was lying. What the fuck would I be lying? I thought she was just being like, oh, I'm skinny. But why did you think that? Because you looked great. You looked healthy. And I just thought you were, oh, I had a hard time eating. And I was, okay. And then I was, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, this is a real thing. I'm going to dig deeper with this. What was it that made you think differently about it? Was there a moment that you're like, oh, like- this is real? I I realized like it was a real thing. Just watching her fight it, watching her actually have kind of like a breakdown. But I mean, her and I have conversations and she definitely views her body image as something that is not real. She will see herself and then be like, oh, I don't look good today. Or I know it's her body dysmorphia from the disorder. That's when I was like, oh, this isn't just her trying to be like, oh, no, I'm skinny. But more so, oh, no, there's something saying you don't look good Mm -hmm. or you need to be skinnier or you shouldn't eat that and then i was okay that's so stupid let's fight that this is a question for both of us how the one with the eating disorder bringing it up is better than hiding it in a relationship i think it would have been really hard for her to hide it yeah based on the fact that we were literally continuously going out first time we went out it was so fucking difficult because i was trying to hide it you already knew i had an eating disorder 
but I I didn't want you to see what was happening. Our first hangout, hangout when we went to Detroit. Yeah. That night, it was really hard for me because I wanted to restrict, but I also didn't want you to notice that I was struggling with food because I was embarrassed, honestly, and I was afraid that you would be turned away from that. Thank you for saying that because think about this, guys. You guys have this issue that you're embarrassed of yourselves. Oh my God. (laughs) Think about that. Honestly, let's have a conversation. You don't like telling people, right? You hide it from your family and your friends. You internally somewhere deep down know it's wrong. You need to acknowledge it and fight it every single day. Do we want to move on to the next question? Yeah, we can. What are small gestures you try to do to help Bella in relation to an eating disorder? Stuff her mouth with food. I know she likes certain things that are her favorite during fall. She likes these pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. Aside from getting me the food, what do you do to help? And maybe it doesn't help, but you do it thinking it might help. When she's going against it in her head, I think I'm firm on, no, you can do this. I listen. At least I try to listen. Because listening is ammo. If I don't listen, I can't have a response back. Correct. I feel I listen fairly well because I need ammo to combat this thing because if I don't and she just says I look horrible today I ate this and I feel like I shouldn't have eaten this but if I listen I'm gonna be oh no you look great you've been working on this see it's so much better or no but you had that last time and you loved it and you felt really happy that you had it let's argue that together now this one's a question for me but it's kind of piggybacking off of that what's the best advice he's given you or best perspective. I've said it before, but like there has been no one in my life that has been better at helping me in recovery. And I'm not saying that because he's right next to me either. I've said that millions of times and I'll probably say it a million more. And I think that really does come down to how well he does listen. What you were saying about the ammo is like spot on. He will use my words against my eating disorder. And I think that he has made good distinctions between when I'm speaking and when the eating disorder side of my brain is speaking. There'll be times when we're out to eat and he'll order something and even in front of the waiter, I'll start challenging it and being like, we don't need that. We don't need that. He's like, we need that. We're going to continue ordering it. Yeah, but I've never met anyone in my life, honestly, that I click with better. I feel she knows my brain fairly well and I know hers so I just know she wants this I don't know what it is sometimes I'm not even doing it because of the eating disorder she's honestly not scared that much of trying new things anymore she'll try it she'll ask oh is this good and she'll be like okay she won't just go back to a a safe food or something which makes me proud and we also got to a point where she started picking the places she wants to go or the stuff she wants and that made me happy I mean that makes every guy in the world happy (laughs) That's true. <laughs> so she's gotten so much better. When we go out, it's it's not that difficult anymore. I feel I'm at a good point where I can determine when she wants it just because she wants it or she wants it because she's having that debate in her brain. You need to push yourself in everything you do. Try to better yourself. A good way all of you could start is by saying, okay, let me take a bite of this. Start off like that. It's like everything. You can't run a marathon without ever training for it. I could. The girl has asthma and will die if she walks up like two steps. Fuck you. No, I can't. <laughs> I can. Let alone 
I can. You can do anything your heart That's desires. You can do anything your heart desires. Physically, oh my God. she's going to need a, an ailer with her. Oh my God. But anyway, <laughs> I'm being serious. It's one step at a time. Take a bite of that cookie, which, okay, I'm not, I really want those chocolate chip oh, cookies. Not the pumpkin. No, I want the ones from. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah I was talking about that in the last episode. Oh, they're so good. I'm not vegan, but these vegan chocolate chip cookies are better than any normal chocolate chip cookie I've ever had. They're stupid. Okay, last one. Oh, last one. How do you tell a significant other about your eating disorder? When she told me we were friends. <laughs> yeah, we were. If you hit it to a point where you were already dating that person. Damn. Yeah, I'd be very impressed if you hit it that long. When it comes to a relationship, you should be blunt and honest and upfront about it. Yeah. I think everything's that simple when you're dating, talking married so on and so forth to your significant other i think it's just you tell them and you are truly honest and if they are upset by it then they're not really the one for you think about it that way if this person is upset or doesn't support you or doesn't encourage you to be better with yourself in any format of your life not just necessarily your eating disorder you should leave that person like he said, I told him when we were friends. I don't even remember what it was we were talking about that made me bring it up because we weren't talking about like anything. And I was like, oh, I have an eating disorder, by the way. There was something relative. I think we were talking about like diet. Oh, yeah. And you were telling me to count my calories or something like that. Yes, I, <laughs> I was like, I can't. And he was like, what do you mean? Can you not do math? I'm like, oh, I can do math. All right. All right. I, I think I'm very different than others in the sense that I'm open about my eating disorder. But I had to get into a good place in my recovery to get there. And once you get to that place in your recovery, it becomes easier to talk about it. Had I met him at a different time and had been at a different point in my recovery, I still would find it important to tell him because I think a relationship is a two-way street. Visualize it. Me and this dude are walking down a trail I trip and I fall because I'm struggling with an eating disorder and he doesn't know he's gonna keep fucking walking he's just gonna keep going and leave me there and the relationship is gonna fail whereas if he knows about what's going on I trip I fall then he'll look back and be like what the fuck Bella get your ass up he'll come back he'll get me and we'll continue on the trail together which obviously he doesn't have an eating disorder but if he were to trip I'm gonna do the same thing and go back horrible really you don't look back for your significant other at any point you just keep walking forward pretty shitty well let's just say that they're they're only going to look back if you call out for help oh i always check okay to see if you're next can you just go with my analogy okay it's better <laughs> oh my god anyway <laughs> there needs to be that honesty there needs to be that conversation i told him when there was no romantic component to our relationship i'm really glad i told him at that point because one i think that's why one i think that when you should tell a person and two i think that that laid the foundation for something that's really important in my life 
And I, I do think my recovery is part of my identity and it's made me who I am today. I'm very different than the person I was before I had an eating disorder. I'm very, very different from the person I was when I was sick. It's all part of my past and I've shared other parts of my past with him. I feel like it's important, especially my recovery part of the story. It's something I continue to battle every day and I think I will continue to battle to a certain degree for a long time. I want him to be on board with it. I want him to be able to be in a position where he can help me, especially because I know it can be frustrating if the other person in the relationship isn't doing well in recovery or they're not even pursuing recovery. That's going to make a relationship really fucking hard. So if you don't have that honest discussion with someone, how are they supposed to help you figure it out? If she started hiding now, her fears or it would affect our relationship dramatically i would feel a a disconnect i tell him the good things i tell him the bad things every time we go out and i do something i'm proud of myself because i did that he's high-fiving me patting me on the back and i'll usually do this thing where i'll say as soon as i see something on the menu i'm like oh my god i like this and that way when i start to think about it my eating disorder starts to like give its two cents i like that i know automatically that you want that and wanted that yes And so if five minutes later, I'm like, I can't decide between the salad and the nachos. He'll just look at me and be like, get the nachos. True. (laughs) Even though they have vegan cheese on. I just have a dairy allergy. (laughs) I know. And I apologize to all you vegans out there. I support your choices. I just think that you're wrong in those choices that you're making. I support your decisions, but you're wrong. (laughs) But. Hey, fucking wrong. Hey, now we're not taking it that far. Why? Well, well, how did I take it that far? Because I said the F word? Yeah. Oh, you should hear the rest of this fucking episode. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're going. Is there another point or can I make a closing? Oh, we can make a closing. Thank you for listening. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to Bella's little podcast here. Out of all of this, what you should take is stop being so scared. You cured all of the eating disorders today, dude. Food is a reason to live for. Not. Yeah, you are not a reason to live because of food. But yeah, that's a good thing to say. Good Look one. Look at us. That was teamwork. Do you have final words? Those are, these are my final words. My laptop's words. about to die, though. I will leave you all with... Back. I could have wrote things down. They don't want down. you back. They probably don't want me back. <laughs> they probably don't want me back either. So he has taken over the podcast. All right, everyone. My TikTok is... Whose? Mine. What I don't know your TikTok is. Huh? Bella loves cereal. TikTok is Bella Love Cereal. Follow, subscribe. My eating disorder Instagram. And I don't know that one either. Oh, Bella Love Cereal with an extra L at the end. Hit her up with questions and follow her and see you sexy. I feel like I shouldn't say that. See you sexy bitches later. (laughs) Okay.